Welcome to Moms in the Middle. The Middle. A podcast for moms who feel like they are in the middle of it all. The chaos, the joy, the struggle, and the let's get real. I'm Ivanka Osmak. I work in television in front of the camera at a national sports station. I work very late nights, but I also have to get up very early and have a full-time job raising my one-and-a-half-year-old son named George. Oh, talking about early. I'm Melanie Ng. I wake up very early. I work for a morning show and also happen to be a mom of a two-and-a-half-year-old boy named Josh. So when Mel is waking up in the morning, I'm usually going to bed. And when we meet in the middle conversation, it always turns to parenting. Here's the thing. You could be a working mom, stay-at-home mom, mom of many, mom of none, mom of six. We could keep going. It's hard. That's the reality. And sometimes it just really helps to know you're not alone. Here's what we're doing on this podcast. We're going to discuss everything. The good, the bad, the ugly. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a lot of it. We are going to be raw and real. We've got guests. We're going to bring in your comments through social media. We want to hear what your experiences are and some tips that you may have. Together, we can meet in the middle, learn something new, and hopefully have a laugh or two. Or cry. Here we go on Moms in the Middle. Every podcast, we'll be having our good and not-so-good moments where our kids, maybe even our husbands sometimes, (laughs) do something that absolutely makes us want to pull our hair out or it brings a massive smile and warms our heart. So my good moment is that we installed a bike seat. So my son can ride along with us when we go for bike rides. Um, It's not really something we had done before. My husband and I go for bike rides. But it's so nice because now George can come with us. And so it was great. And he's really liking it. Um, And he was sitting behind my husband. And then all of a sudden, I turned over and noticed that he's been pulling down my husband's (gasps) pants because he's sitting right behind him. (laughs) And I'm sure every kid does this because it's so tempting. How can you not pull down and pants the person in front of you when their butt is right in front of your face? So thankfully, I caught it all on camera. And uh, of course, I shared it on social media because I had to. Is this your good or bad or kind of combo? Yeah, I don't know what this is. It made me laugh. So in my eyes, it's my good. My husband, you know, mooning everyone on on the pathway, probably not a bright moment for him. But so that that's the good. The bad is that we know how limited we are with time and so and getting chores done and getting everything done. And so my son was down for a nap and so I thought, okay, I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm going to clean the house. It was a mess. I'm going to vacuum the floor. So I vacuumed everything up and then he woke up and he loves playing with the vacuum. This is his new thing, right? Doesn't he take the vacuum and presses this lever. I don't even know how this kid with these like tiny baby fingers (laughs) pressed the lever and everything out of the vacuum just exploded. And it's not just like big chunks. You know, out of a vacuum, you're getting like dust and hairballs and all this disgusting things. And it's flying all over the kitchen. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be getting ready for work. And it's just a disaster. And I don't want to get too angry with him, but it was, that was my bad moment when he just like all the contents that I just vacuumed up all over the floor. And it probably made him laugh, too. Oh, of course it did, because it was like a huge, you know, uh, science experiment and seeing everything. And then it's fun. He's at the stage where he enjoys watching me get angry or just like, oh, my God, and near tears. So that was my bad moment. What happened to you? Uh, okay, so my good bad kind of roll into each other, and it all has to do with sleep, which is kind of the bane of my existence, from the sleep training to the not sleeping to what's happening right now. He's two and a half. He decided over the weekend, guess what, Mom? Don't want my crib anymore. I wasn't ready for it. So we were at my parents' house, and uh, he said, nope, don't want to sleep in this little 
pack and play. I want to be on that big kid's bed. So my mom put pillows here. He fell asleep, and he slept in for two hours. But here's the best part. He slept in for two hours the day after I was at a wedding. So I wanted to sleep in because mommy had a few wines. Okay, sure. mommy needed a night out. And so he, let's be real, Mel. He had a few bottles. No, I had. <laughs> but you know what? It was nice because mm-hmm. I turned over and he wanted to sleep beside me. I woke up to his little face and he was like, mommy. And I thought, this is amazing. He's growing up. He wants to be in a big boy's bed. Let's do this. Here comes the bad. We come home from my parents from the weekend and... Okay, great. Let's convert your crib at home. We take off the rails. Good stuff. He says, no, put it back on. Are you kidding me, kid? Uh, We said, well, no, we're not doing this. And so the last couple nights has honestly been uh, us trying to convince him this big boy bed is happening. So he's thrown tantrums. He insists that I sleep beside him. So keep in mind, I wake up at three in the morning, right? And he's going to bed at about eight o'clock. And he insists that I fall asleep beside him until he's passed out. He'll say, wait, 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 mom as I go to leave the room anytime. So last night I'm lying here, kind of falling asleep as he's falling asleep. All I'm thinking about in my head is, I have so much work to do and I have to be up at three in the morning to make this happen. And I've got to go through all my emails. So that kind of rolls into what we're talking about today is that balance between the personal life and the work life. And especially when you were in the middle of mat leave and then going back to work because that's where it's the biggest challenge. So the topic we're going to tackle today is how did you do it and how do you continue to do it? It is a battle. Joining us now, editor-in-chief of Today's Parent and mom of two boys aged 5 and 10, Kim Schiffman. Now, Kim, you have boys that are a little bit older now, but do you remember what your first mat leave was like? I took one year both times. Um, It wasn't a big decision. It was like, well, that's what the government's giving me. And I'm going to have, you know, a full career, 65 years of my life. And I feel like if I could get a year off um, both times, then I would. Little did I know it wouldn't really be a year off. It would be, you know, a year of the hardest thing I had ever done. And in fact, the, um, the age difference between my kids, the reason it's so great is because I found my mat leave so incredibly challenging that I was waiting until I felt ready to have number two. And I never actually felt ready. So eventually I just had to do it anyway and just embrace that fear and go ahead and do it. But for me, going back the first time, which I think is, you know, the more uh, momentous time because it's the first year time you're doing anything, I was incredibly conflicted. My child was not a good sleeper. He was a bit cranky. I was really worried about how he would do at daycare. But I was also completely ready to not be on maternity leave anymore. I felt it was, you know, just extremely exhausting and emotionally taxing. And I wasn't a relaxed um having fun kind of mom. I was really kind of done with being full-time at home with my kid. And then I had a lot of feelings of shame about that. Like, I'm supposed to be loving this. I wanted to have kids. I've changed my whole life to be able to do this. And I love him more than life itself. I would throw myself in front of a truck and for him. And yet, I don't want to be with him every day anymore at all. Like, bring me back to work. So those were some difficult feelings to reconcile. But, you know, somehow I, I did it again. And Uh, If anyone, if this story resonates with anyone, they might be happy to know that it was a radically different experience the second time. Why do you think it was different? Um, My second child is just was far easier a baby. I'm sure we've all heard about the easier babies and the harder babies. And I think that really is a thing. Some of them are just far less reluctant to sleep than others. And some of them just have a really easygoing personality and others are more cranky. And then there can be health issues. 
But at the end of the day, um, it was half that, like half temperament, and then just half my own temperament. You know, you are slightly neurotic and stressy, as I am. I think you learn from the first time. You know, you learn that, like, your baby is crying, but that is actually okay. Like, nothing terrible is going to happen. Or, like, he's up in the night and this is horrible, but, like, yeah, it'll be okay. Like, just things that you were like, I don't know how I'm going to fix this. This seems unsolvable. This is terrible. Just seems a lot more manageable when you know, like, well, I did this once and my kid worked out all right. And I think there's also the matter of, like, you know that all those little decisions that you stress about, they don't really matter as much as you think they did. Like, all the kids end up the same. Like, you see all these five-year-olds and, like, yeah, they're all basically the same. And it doesn't really matter <laughs> what the mom did at age six months. You know, you think it does, but they all turn out just fine. You mean reading that nursery rhyme over and over and backwards <laughs> yes. didn't make them a better learner? It really didn't. Oh, okay. But, you know, you probably felt good about yourself in the moment, <laughs> and that counts for something. But it's interesting how everyone's, I mean, obviously everyone's experience with with delivery, with, you know, nursing, with mat leave is so different. And a lot of that you know, can depend on when you go back to work. You know, I I enjoyed my mat leave. I had a lot of help. We had, uh, we did have a night nurse at the beginning. My husband was home a lot. My mom was around, my in-laws. So I just had a lot of people helping me and I had an easy baby. So it was enjoyable, but I started getting really stressed um, about the sleep and when I was going to go back. So I put that pressure on myself, like, okay, what if I don't get a good night's sleep or you know, what if what if I have to go to an emergency appointment or, or whatever? And so I started, like, getting really nervous about that, but the weeks leading up to, to work, going back. Did you find—so you took the full six months. Did yeah. you find—do you wish you came back sooner, you needed more time, or was it just right? Um, at the time, I thought it was just right. At the time. I mean, it's easy to look back now and say, oh, I should have taken longer. You know, they didn't miss me at all at work. <laughs> but no, I was I was excited about coming back. I wanted to come back because I did miss it. And there were all those fears and pressure that I put on myself, fears of, you know, losing my spot or, you know, because we work in television, you know, if you're not seen, you're kind of, you're out of the picture, right? You're forgotten. So, so no, I, I, I think I came back at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> Do I sound convincing? Yes. <laughs> you yes. are nodding and, and smiling. And, you know, and my son didn't, like, it was fine with He's him. Fine. It was just yeah. a matter of working out a balance. And that took a while of when I was going to spend time with him during the day and when I was also going to get ready for work because of my uh, different hours, unorthodox hours. Um, and I took the uh, I took the full year for a few different reasons. I'm Same as you, Kim, in that I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. But for us, it was a, a different scenario in that it took us over four years um, to get pregnant. We went through IVF, IUI, all of this. And so nothing was working. And so for us, he was our, we say our miracle baby, because he was our last frozen embryo that went in and he worked. It was amazing. And I said, all right, we're going to take the whole time because what if this is our only chance? And so I took the full year, but for me, I know after six months, I was just wrapping my head around things too. I didn't even feel there was a big Uh, loss of confidence in the beginning. We had issues with nursing. Uh, He wasn't taking, he wasn't latching, I wasn't producing. Um, My husband traveled a lot for work and internationally. So my mom, bless her soul, a retired nurse moved in a couple times too to help me out. Yes, I know, huge help. But uh, I think 12 months was the perfect for me to feel A, confident, B, that I was ready to go back because I missed what I was doing. But also for for his development, he's 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 a crazy kid, and we all have boys, and I know we can um, all attest to this. They they are active. They're busy. They're busy. Yes. That's yes. a nice way to say it. They're for busy. Sure. Um, so twelve months was good, but could I have seen more? 
Um, I don't think I could have done more than 12, personally. But I also don't think I could have done less. I think it was just right, as Goldilocks would say. It's Goldilocks, yes? Goldilocks, just right. Yeah. What? Okay, so I know for me, when I went back, a big thing for me was my confidence and feeling like the person who had been filling in for me would replace me and that people weren't going to like me as much as them or um, there's just going to be a different relationship and dynamic. So how do you get... How do you get your confidence? How do you get your groove back, as Stella would say, but your confidence <laughs> when you're going back to work? Yeah, that's definitely a thing. You don't you don't always know who that person well who did your job when you're gone. And you come back and they'll have made some changes. And you're like, oh, you didn't like how I was doing it? Oh, I see you changed that spreadsheet. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And you're just <laughs> Different trying to, font than yeah, I would that's use. That's right. That's I not guess. how I did it. Um, so that can be a little weird. And you sort of, especially when they keep that person around, um, in some cases, they'll find some other job for that person or uh, they're just not gone right away. And that can really undermine your confidence, too. So that's that's a challenge. And I think another challenge is your life has changed so much. Uh, you're a whole new person. Uh, but the office has not. It's kind of everything is the same. And you're walking around like, oh, this is, you know, life is totally different. And they're like, yeah, no, this is just the same. Get right back into it. Um, so how do you get your confidence back? I mean, it's a process and it's different for everyone, I feel. Um, you know, for myself, it was just really compartmentalizing. It's like, you know, not talking too much about my kids, not talking that much about my mat leave, um, and just getting right back into work. Well, I know that was a big fear for me because I I didn't want to be that person that said, oh, my baby did this today and my baby did this. I'm not going to lie. I do do that every day now. But when I returned from mat leave, I thought, okay, I need to just talk business because if I start talking about my child, people are going to say your mind is elsewhere and you're not really focusing. And so for people who are actually back in the workplace, um, that's a big concern for them, right? Is how do I how do I balance family and work and make sure I set them as priorities, but in their own special way? And those are only two things you mentioned, family mm-hmm. and work. There's also, I mean, maybe I'm selfish in this way, but I think of me time is so mm-hmm. important. So that's three, but then there's, you know, your friends. There's so many different categories that that you try and balance. So, yeah. How do you do I, it? How, how do you <laughs> do on, it? Tell, yeah, tell us, yeah. I, don't, I don't have those answers. <laughs> um, you know, I know for myself, um, it's a little bit of a different experience when you work at Today's Parent. Um, stories about your kids are exactly what's expected at our morning meetings, uh, and and they are fodder for story ideas, so it's really welcome. But I do think that it's probably good career advice to compartmentalize a little and to keep the chatter about the cute thing your baby did or, you know, I was up all night and I'm so exhausted because my baby isn't sleeping. I feel like it's probably a better career move to not talk about that stuff too much, uh, especially with um, par- non-parents around. Yes, because they're, you can see when they start glazing over, hey, want to see this picture of my child? And they're like, yes, number three, you showed me two more earlier on in the week. I'm kind of done with that. But we actually ask a, a bunch of people on social media um, what they thought about going back to work. So I'm going to read out a couple of mm-hmm. them. So Deanna was saying on Twitter... I just came back to work a few weeks ago. I'm still adjusting. It's really hard, and it breaks my heart to leave my little man at daycare. However, he adjusted really well and loves it. And Shauna Hunt, who is a reporter at City News Toronto, one of my colleagues, we actually sit across from each other, but she tweeted me instead of just telling me in person, (laughs) wrote this. She just returned from mat leave. Yeah, I'll communicate via Twitter. So Shauna Hunt wrote this. Returning to work was daunting, but once I got back at it, I realized I missed it. And that's key for a lot of people um, their career was their focus. And for me, the, my career was everything. And you're, you're, you change. Mm-hmm. You change, right? Your approach for, for a lot of people um, 
whether or not work was number one, maybe it becomes number two, or maybe it's a balancing act between the two? I think that um, that first commenter's experience is really common. Like I said before, kids, for the most part, do really, really well. Back in daycare, we hear from uh, the experts who we speak to at Today's Parent and our readers, too, that, yeah, obviously there's those first few weeks, there's some bumps, there's some crying, there's some, you know, they're not eating as well, they're not napping as well, but a few weeks goes by pretty quick and, like, things are usually pretty fine. So it's more about how you adjust. Kids are way more (laughs) resilient Mm -hmm. than adults who are, you know, stuck in our ways and have our baggage and our neuroses and all that. Um, But I think there's some unexpected benefits once you get back to work um, that can really smooth it out. And this might help allay the fears of um, the parents listening who are on mat leave. So, you know, beyond the ones we've talked about, like just the idea that, um, you know, you're free, you're free again. Um, You're your own person. (laughs) Free at last, free from the tyranny of nap schedules and making snacks and bringing snacks and feeding lunch and cleaning up and getting them up on time and worrying about it's just you just get to pee when you need to pee <laughs> yes. and you can go the get some things. food. Yeah. You can eat your lunch properly. <laughs> um, so Ivanka went after six. Mm-hmm. Um, I took the year, but I have a lot of friends who I was on mat leave with at the same time who said, I'm not going back. And I don't know when I'm going back, if I ever want to go back. And it leads into the conversation of, let's say you want to take the time off until your child um, goes to kindergarten. And then they say, I want to rejoin the workforce years later. Well, then you have the a couple of issues here in that how do I revamp that resume and how do I get the employers to say, hey, take me seriously. I know I've been off for a few years. I have a gap in my resume. How do you build, I guess, with, with the confidence conversation is how do I get back to where I was and how do I break back into the workforce? That is so hard. We have a story on todaysparent.com on exactly this topic. And I feel like in this case, you kind of can't win. You know, you want to take that extra time with your kids and you figure out that that's financially feasible for you. And then, you know, it's time to go back to work. And then you there are perceptions in the workforce um, that are going to make that difficult for you. The fact is, employers will look at that resume gap and have questions. And, um, you know, a mom is going to have to work really hard to overcome those. Um, You know, I think one thing that you have to do, if possible, is don't spend all those years when you are home with your kids completely out of the professional world. You have to keep a toe in there somehow. So maybe that looks like a volunteer position on a school um, parent council group. Maybe that looks like taking an online course that just keeps your skills up to date. Um, it, It can take various forms. But if you just completely cut yourself off from your previous professional endeavors, um, when you're coming back, it just gives employers too much of an opportunity to say, "Uh, she's been in like, you know, mommy world for too long. And I think you're also having to fight the perception of that you're really just coming back because you want money again and your kids are back at school. Mm. And then they're thinking, well, is she really into it? Is she passionate about this work? Is she just like, oh, I guess I'll make some money. And so I think there's a lot of hurdles to overcome. And these uh, perceptions are going to make it a lot harder to find a job. So you're going to have to really go to quite uh, more effort than you would have otherwise. Um, I want to go again to Twitter because because we've talked a lot about moms because we are moms. But there was the Beer Dad, applauso for uh, his Twitter handle. Um, but Beer Dad said returning to work was hard and not as welcoming as I thought because he took paternity leave. They kept moving while I was gone, yet I was in a bubble of babies. I also faced the stigma of a man taking leave in that most people acted like I was on vacation for eight months. Because you don't hear, 
you know, especially eight months, men taking or fathers taking that much time off. I, I know I do have some guy friends who have taken time, but it's usually the tail end, the last month, the last two months. Um, and I know I, I asked my husband and I said, hey, would you be willing to take paternity leave since I was going back early after the six months? And he gave me this immediate response of no way, no way. And he owns his own business. So it's a little bit different with him because it's coming out of his pocket. Um, but he was against it. He was not open to taking that time off, even though he values time with our son and family time. It just he didn't consider it as an option. I wonder if the new change of rules with the um, parental leave, now that it's extended, if more people, more dads maybe will start jumping mm-hmm. on board uh, with that extended leave. You're not getting paid out for the full thing, but you have the option. Yeah, I think I think they will if their employer allows it. Um, some employers don't. I have a friend whose husband is a lawyer, and um, when they had their first kid, he told the partners at his firm, you know, I'd like to take some of the leave. And they were like, whoa, we have no precedent for this. You know, we've never had a man want to do this. And as if it was, you know, this mind-blowing idea. And they allowed him to do it. And when he asked to do it again three years later when his second child was born, they were like, oh, yeah, we've changed our policy. So they didn't, Mm. they weren't happy with what he did the first time, and they actually changed their policy so that he wouldn't be allowed to do so. He wouldn't be allowed to take that leave. So it's um, so that's just one hurdle for men is if they're even um, going to be allowed to do that. And, yeah, there's the, the perception of, um, you know, daddy daycare and, you know, dad is babysitting. He's not really parenting. Um, you know, dads on mat leave have to worry about mom groups and if they're going to be welcome. And they're often their only, the only man in those, you know, mommy and me classes. And it's as a society, we're like, of course, men should be able to stay home with their children. Of course, this is something we should be making 50-50 and, um, you know, allowing and welcoming dads to make that change. And then society hasn't quite caught up. They, they feel stigmatized and weird about it a lot of times. I, I admit I was in a music class and it was all moms and we all got really friendly, but sometimes the, the moms would invite the husbands and the fathers along and it was like, Hey, you're not supposed to be in this room. This is, you this know, is our club. this is our club. Exactly. Yeah. And this is for moms. And now this father's intruding and I, we can't talk about or say the same things that we would normally. And so it just disrupted the, I don't know, the usual pattern or, or it was just different when a, when a guy was in the class, even though I, I do applaud men and, and fathers for taking the initiative. But it's, it is funny how when you return to work, it's just assumed that uh, the woman in most cases is, ooh, I've got to juggle all of this and now do all of this. And then for mo- most men, it's, well, back to work. Here we go. Let's do this. So obviously really uh, great pieces of, uh, of advice, super insightful. So hopefully, I know we learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> here. I'm Kim Schiffman, today's parent editor-in-chief. Thank you. It was absolutely my pleasure being here. And Kim, I hope you're going to join us again to talk about other other themes we have on the podcast, Moms I would, in the Middle. would love that. Every week, we're going to feature Moms Kicking Ass. I am so excited I can use that word because these women are so inspirational. They are moms, but they are super women. And this one is the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern. Nothing to do with politics. We're not going there on this podcast, I promise you. We're talking about Jacinda because she had a baby while being the prime minister. Now, she wasn't the first to do it. Actually, the second woman in history to give birth while an elected head of state. But she was the very first elected leader ever 
to take maternity leave. Which is kind of crazy. In this day and age, you would think that's the norm now. Right. But she she's like, no, I'm going to have my baby and I need to take time, even though I'm head of state and I've got this <laughs> so many responsibilities and I can... I, I think I can safely say that she's busier than any of us. Um, her Rolodex probably has a lot more famous people than we do. But <laughs> she still was like, I need to take this time to be with my newborn. And then she also made a little bit of history just recently because she went to New York for the United Nations General Assembly and she brought her baby, as well as her partner, who's uh, her partner of four years. He's staying at home with the baby, but mm-hmm. she brought both of them because she still wanted to do her job, and she had to, but she didn't want to leave her her baby. So she brought them there to New York, and not only did she just have them, like, you know, stashed away in the hotel <laughs> or walking the streets of Manhattan, the baby was with her in the assembly hall while she was making speeches. This is modern parenting at its finest, and you know what? This should set a precedent Because it doesn't matter what role you are in, you are entitled to have that time and good on her for taking that time and realizing that she wanted to take that time as well. Doesn't matter what role you're in. Absolutely. So big ups to the Prime Minister of New Zealand. But what about those moms who kick ass in our own backyard? Because there are so many of them. And here's where we're going to begin. Lizzie Short, Megan Skinner, and Christy Carson Ginger. They're the Lakeshore Moms Group. This is a group in the Toronto area for a few years now. They have grown it and grown it and grown it to have free events, uh, tons of people just coming out and bonding over parenting. And that is so important because like what we do on the show, mm-hmm. it's just about talking and sharing experiences, but also having some fun with it too. Yeah, knowing some, knowing someone else is going with it as well. But I love this idea that these three women, and I know there are a lot of Facebook mom groups out there as well, or parent groups, but it's just bringing together the community and people that you wouldn't otherwise meet. And you're right about the expenses. Mm-hmm. Man, it's expensive being a parent and having a kid. Who... <laughs> Who to thunk? No one told us this. Just diapers alone. Diapers alone, friends. So, yeah, congratulations. We love you, Lizzie, Megan, and Christy. You guys Keep up the good rock. Work. Those are our moms kicking ass. Thanks for meeting us in the middle. This podcast is produced by Stephanie Phillips and edited by Megan Coley. Special thanks to Ryan Clark and Jordan Heath Rawlings for helping with production and the Frequency Podcast Network for giving us a home. We want to hear from you. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at City Melanie. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ivanka Osmax, starting with an E. Don't forget, subscribe, Apple, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your friends and tell someone that you think might be able to relate to this podcast. We'll talk to you next time.